welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange Tech Diversity Podcast. Today I'm joined by a really good panel to discuss the topic of women tech leaders. Now, this is a topic that I know gains so much interest from both women and men in the tech industry who are interested in hearing about other women's journeys, the challenges they face, the successes they've had. Um, so for me, I think this is a really, really exciting talk and I can't wait to delve deeper into the topic. So let's start with some introductions from my panel. So for this, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what you're passionate about. And we'll start with Ivana. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Ivana from Proschwitz and I work at AI Sweden. I work with startups. I am also part of the core team at Women in AI. And Women in AI is a global nonprofit organization that are working towards bridging the gender gap in AI and getting more female representation. And we do that through different activities. And I lead the mentorship program. I'm also a podcast uh, host uh, for another podcast that's called Bli Företagarina, where I interview female uh, entrepreneurs and about their journeys to highlight role models and um, yeah, uh, spread the knowledge uh, and uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> spread the knowledge about entrepreneurship. And I'm super passionate about inspiring women uh, to take the path into entrepreneurship and building tech products. I think that is the next uh, Elon Musk or Bill Gates. I want to be a female powerhouse uh, in the tech industry. That that's my biggest dream, just to experience that during my my lifetime. So that is a super passion for me. Oh, thank you. No, I absolutely love that. And yeah, I think we could all agree. We'd love to see that. Um, perfect. So Soma, we'll come to you. Yes, hello, and uh, thank you for having me also. So uh, my name is Soma. I work uh, as a team lead, uh, leading a group of uh, nine developers and one QA at uh, Leo Vegas, uh, which is uh, one of Europe's uh, leading iGaming companies. Uh, we have around 900 employees spread out uh, in different countries, uh, operations in Malta and tech staff in Sweden. Um, being in a gaming company includes working with like platform payments and marketing and uh, yeah, it's, um, we have, we have different parts, <laughs> um, and, uh, we have brands like Leo Vegas, Expect, Bet UK, Royal Panda, uh, the team I'm leading is working on all sports brands. Uh, I haven't been working in tech uh, my whole career. Uh, my background is actually being a leader and coordinator in health and care. Uh, but I've been working with tech for the past five years and I'm super grateful for the fact that I had the opportunity to be introduced uh, to this industry. Uh, I think it's really fun and uh, I'm generally, generally uh, really passionate about uh, development, all from the, like team development, uh, developing uh, personal uh, on personal plans and levels, and uh, 
just in general, uh, reaching goals uh, with, with the team and seeing their development. I come back to the word development, but uh, really it's a huge uh, passion for me. So uh, that's a bit about me. Oh, thank you. No, I love that as well. Um, I recently became kind of a team lead of a small team of three. Um, and your passion there of helping people and seeing their own personal goals and hit it's so kind of fulfilling um, and I think it's so crazy until you really start this and you do it that you don't realize how fulfilling it can be um, so no I think that's amazing and Lola last but not least we'll come to you uh, thank you so much and it's so exciting to be here with uh, you all so I am Lola Akimadi Orchestrum and I've built my career within the travel industry as a visual storyteller I run my own visual storytelling agency in Stockholm, and I've just recently launched a, a startup called Local Purse. And what we do is we connect travel guides, cultural artisans, local vendors, with travelers through live video shopping technology. And that uh, startup was born during the pandemic when the travel industry went to a standstill. Uh, before I moved into the travel industry, my background is actually very technical. My degrees are in information systems, and I worked for over 12 years in an industry called geographic information systems. So I was a system architect and a programmer, and it was super exciting because I had to, I was building interactive maps pretty much and connecting them to different systems and working for airports. So it was a super exciting, uh, you know, career in that field before I moved to the travel industry into a more creative space. But then when the pandemic hit, I, that, I combined my background that's very technical with this creativity and expertise within the travel industry to create my new startup, Local Plus. So that's kind of uh, coming full circle and using those skills that I've had you know, for many years to create something. And, and what really drives me really is cultural connection and helping people find their own voices so it could be within tech, could be within storytelling, but helping people find their own voice so they can use it. So, yeah. Oh, thank you, Lola. And I know before we we joined this podcast, me and you spoke one on one. And the idea behind Local Purse is kind of such a innovative concept, and like the pandemic has been the catalyst for this. And it's one of them where you think, well, why weren't we doing this earlier? Why weren't we doing the, the stuff that we can do now pre-pandemic? But yeah, no, amazing. So great. Now that we've kind of established a bit of a context to each, what, each, each other, let's move on to the topic in focus. So before we join this podcast, we all kind of discuss different topics that we're going to present um, and different questions. So let's just dive straight into it. Um, what we'll do is I'll work around the, the room and kind of ask each of you to pose your subtopic, give us a bit of a background behind why you've chosen it and then we'll open it up to the floor and just everyone has an opportunity to give your take on the situation. So yeah, Ivana, we'll come to you first again. Um, your question was talking about diversity, the gender gap and kind of the impact of lack of diversity. So yeah, tell us more about why you chose that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I think that's a very important topic to discuss because I think that not a lot of people understand the impact that the lack of diversity have 
in tech and in AI uh, in general, because AI is, is a very powerful tool uh, and can be used in different ways. And, and it's, it's the creator behind the AI that kind of trains the model and the data that we provide to the model to learn from. That's, that's, that is what the model learns. So the danger or the risk not having a diverse data sets when you are training your models is that we or the creator of the AI, of, of uh, the algorithms are going to transfer its biases into the models. And that will have a huge impact in people's life. And uh, we have seen cases in, in where the model has been trained on very homogeneous uh, skin colors, for example, where then cancer detection is not for everyone, can be used for everyone because it's only been trained in certain skin colors, so it can't detect other uh, skin cancer and risk in other co skin colors. And I think, I mean, that is not the world where, where what I want to see. I want to see uh, a world that is inclusive uh, and that really that we use AI for good and, and to increase uh, the life of, of everybody and not just a homogeneous um, male <laughs> dominated small group. Uh, so that's why I'm really passionate about this topic and um, um, yeah. And what we also see that um, we are um, losing or we are not um, developing products for everyone. We are also um, losing some innovation because it is a homogeneous group that trains models and, and are working with AI. And uh, males, for example, they don't they don't know how it is to have a period. They don't know how to how to is to go through menopause. To a, for, uh, towards uh, a pregnancy. So we really need more women and female representation in the field of, of AI, especially and in tech in general, uh, to, to be able to uh, create products that are serving everybody and, and like a lot of groups of people and not just uh, wild, um, white males that, that are usually um, dominant in, in creating tech products and, and uh, yeah, yeah, creating AI products as well. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, and that's a really great point, Ivana. You know, I think it's super important that AI technology, as you said, is used for good, make sure we um, it's more diverse and inclusive because it can be a matter of life and death, right? It really is. And when we continue to invite people from different backgrounds, from different life experiences to the table to be part of the process as well. So it's not a, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who said it, is that diversity is who is in the room and inclusion is who actually has influence in that room. And that's where we need to be now, you know, not only getting people into the room, but actually having their voices matter in these technical issues because it is sometimes a matter of life and death. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and I really like the last quote that you provided, Lola. Thank you very much for that because, yeah, you're totally right. It's not just to get a diverse uh, group. It's actually who has a say, who, who, whose voice is listened to. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very strong message and yeah, 
that that is why I'm in the field to uh, inspire more women to raise their voice and not be silent and not just sit and wait for someone else to create products that they need and create the world and what they want to see. I think that we all have an active role to play and, and to create uh, the, the world that we want to see and drive the change that we want to see and not just sit and wait for someone any, anyone's, uh, someone else to do it for, for us. Yeah, definitely. And I uh, totally agree uh, with both of you, but especially uh, like uh, Lola, when you're mentioning this, this stuff where it becomes even more important when, when we're talking about a matter of life or death. death I mean, um, we're talking about diversity, but not on that level where we actually are in need, uh, like real need of more women. Uh, in companies working with these uh, huge questions and yeah leading the ai forward in the future yeah i also really like that you mentioned the life of, uh, life and death because that is at the point where we are we especially with ai um, and, and I mean, if, if, if biases algorithms are implemented in, for example, airports where uh, the face recognition software can't detect uh, female vo uh, faces, I mean, that, that will create uh, problems for some groups of people and, and especially in the healthcare as well, where not uh, everybody are served. Um, yeah. And we also see AI being implemented in, um, for example, banks. So the algorithms are deciding who gets a loan, who doesn't get a loan. Uh, police enforcement are using AI as well. And, and that decides how how many years uh, on you're going to have and when you can go on parole. So I, I think that we are in that po at the point in our in the in tech and AI development that it's not just a thing in the future it's here and now and then, and it's impacting our daily life all the time every every day so that is why it's very important that we get more female representation that has a voice and and gets to get a um, chance to to uh, yeah create i mean drive change and and this come and, and i'm sure lola you have a lot of um i would really like to hear your opinion on that because you are an, an entrepreneur and you are building your startup uh, i think another uh, point or yeah thing that is very connected is the amount of uh, capital venture capital that <laughs> is um uh, like given to female entrepreneurs and I, I think when we look, look at the uh, statistics in here in Sweden at least and in the world and Europe it's it's a small very very small percentage that goes to all female founded teams it's uh, like one percent of all venture capital uh, if we look at mixed teams it's maybe like six or seven percent and then the rest is all male teams really like to hear your input. No, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up as well, because I can add even another statistic to that. Women is 1%, right? So one less than 1% get funded. And then women of color is, I think, even 0 0.6, 0 0.5, 0 0.4, somewhere around that. So it's very difficult, very challenging. And why? There is no reason. 
you know, and so that's where we want to try and get to the bottom of this because, you know, there are many women within tech, amazing founders. You've spoken to many of them on your, on, you know, on your podcast, Ivana, as well. So why? What's the reasoning? We need to start really, truly digging into that, asking those questions as well. Yeah, I think it's um, before we we did this podcast, I did some research and a statistic was only 15% of startups in Sweden are founded by women, which obviously Sweden is like a startup hub. It's such a tech scene. So that for me was really, really surprising. But it kind of makes sense with the stats that you've suggested on the, on the capital and stuff. Um, but yeah, 100%, I think the key there is highlighting the, the real reason from the life and death situation all the way to let's continue continue the startup scene with women um, of why you should have products and like you said Ivana AI that's truly diverse um, but no I really love that and and the quote that you said there Lola about diversity and inclusion being who's in the room versus who has influence that is just mind-blowing isn't it it's crazy but I love that um, Thank you. And so, I do, yeah. do want to say that's a paraphrased quote. So that's not my original quote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who said it. It's been running around, but I love it. But it's not, don't attribute it to me. I wish yeah. it, I wish I came up with it. Yeah, you don't want to take the credit. <laughs> it's good. We'll use it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, but lovely. Um, so Lola, we'll come to you on your topic now, which was kind of um, the experiences and challenges that you faced as, I suppose, a woman in the tech world, a woman leader, a, a startup founder. So yeah, definitely interested to hear more on this. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I sit in a different position in the sense that not only am I a woman, I'm also a black woman. So there's that intersectionality as well. And I, I'll kind of go back to when I was starting out, you know, in my tech career. I studied information systems and geography and really specialized in geographic information systems at a time when there weren't many people that looked like me specializing in this field. And so when I started that career, it was usually just me with a group of male white programmers. And then over time, I kind of grew, you know, I developed in my career. I, be, I moved from being a programmer to a system architect to a tech lead. So leading groups of programmers as well. And one of the most interesting, I still remember, right? One of the most interesting experiences was actually being on a call with a client, with one of my junior programmers on that team with me. And the client kept just referring, so what do you think, Ben? And I'm just using Ben, but his name was not Ben. It's like, so what do you think, Ben? So what do you think about this approach? And Ben keeps looking at me and telling the client, well, I don't know, she's the tech lead asker. And this kept going on and on throughout the meeting, right? And it was so clear to me that not only did, did they not trust my own technical expertise and leadership, they were also validating it with a white man who happened to be my junior. And so those are some of the things that a lot of women have to face, you know, have to deal with besides being second guests at every turn and our skills uh, questioned, you know, and then your leadership um, always challenged, you know, and then when you stand up to assert yourself, then you're seen as aggressive. So there are so many stereotypes, you know, that 
just as a woman leader, you have to face every day. And even fast forwarding now to starting up my, you know, my uh, startup. I've been in the travel industry for so long, you know, I've been, I switched from a really technical field to a more creative field. But with our beta, me and my co-founder together, we created it ourselves, you know, and put it together and got a working MVP, working and people were shocked. And they were shocked, why? I don't know. Did they underestimate <laughs> our capability? Why would you be shocked? You know, we're, we're both in this program. We're both, you know, we've got uh, expertise. I was a programmer for many years. So why was the fact that we were actually creating products and, uh, and delivering in a short period of time? Shocking. So those are so many of the things that, especially adding additional layers. So you could be a woman, and then you are the layer, layer of being a woman of color. And then maybe you might be, you know, uh, an LGBT, you know, in the community, you are that layer. So there's so many layers that can also add and make it even more challenging for a woman within the tech uh, field. So those are just some of the experiences I just wanted to share. But for me, it's mostly about second guessing my work and then having to validate it with my juniors because I'm a black woman. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Lola, like I can so relate to uh, these different type of challenges, not just being a woman, uh, but other uh, layers on that also uh, makes me uh, frustrated <laughs> every time. Uh, and um, as soon as I, I think it's a great topic, uh, and as soon as uh, I read the topic, um, I was thinking about my own experience experiences during my career. I mean, I got my uh, first leading uh, role, tech role as a 23 year old um, in a small town outside of Stockholm. And being a woman that young and also with an immigrant background uh, brought a lot of like prejudices and challenges. And um, I don't know, I mean, it's been something that just has been haunting me uh, all of these years. Like uh, still today, I generally just feel like I constantly need to prove I'm not here to even out the statistics that you have in this company because you are in need of uh, more women and uh, or the fact that I can do the job as good as a man can, if not even better. But like that's something in everything, everything I do. It's in my mind, like in everything literally yeah and, I, and i'm you know i'm glad you jumped in some about that because one of the things you mentioned when you are sharing your experience is tokenism right you're not here to just show like <laughs> you know boost the statistics that oh look we're diverse but you're actually coming with solid background you're smart you're intelligent you know what you're doing and that is what we need to give women space to show their excellence, right? Because we are. And so it's very easy, especially for women of color, to know when they're just being used as a token. Because then our voices don't really matter when the big decisions are getting made. So I'm really glad you shared that, you know, and I wanted to put a word to it, which has been seen as a token, that token number or the token person in there. Yeah, and I think it's an important uh, topic to talk about. Like, it's just, 
and not just it's not just uh, the matter of being a woman uh, it can be other stuff also uh, but um, i've been at leo vegas for for a while now and and uh, one thing i'm really grateful here at least is uh, yeah i live in stockholm now so of course there are different type of uh, companies here and while being at uh, uh, leo vegas I've, i think we have like 57 different uh, nationalities so it's really multicultural so i don't feel like that is affecting me that way that it did before uh, but yeah we still get the statistics so yeah yeah um yeah i mean this is a very important topic and i think that there are structural hurdles as well uh, and i think that you're pointing out like if you are <laughs> the, the only female at your workplace or there and they think you're gonna fix the diversity problem it's not your thing to fix i mean you are there to do the work because and like uh, lola mentioned it's like you're smart you're talented you have skills they employ you because you you can do work you're not there to fix their diversity problem or or cultural values i mean that needs to be fixed from the leadership from the top management and need to be lived every day it, it it's not enough that the company have very nice words on their web page i mean they need to live by their values um, yeah, so, and I think that that's where a lot of women maybe get burned out because they feel that they are there to represent all women and they are there to fix that problem, but it's not your responsibility to fix it. If, if, if you can't get your voice across, it's not a good place for you. Don't like try, of course, give it your best. But if you see that there are structures in place, because there is power as well at the workplaces, there there is power. So the top need to be willing to give away some power to other people and other kind of people to like again what we talked about the voices that matters that that is power. So yeah, I would really like to like. Of course, we're going to inspire women, get more women into tech. But then if you feel that you you don't get the support from the management, you get you don't get a voice like what you say is not taken seriously and into account that that's not a good place. You're not there to fix that problem. Go somewhere else where you are, are valued, where your voice is heard, because that's where you're going to have more impact. And I just want to say, Vanna, I'm slapping my fingers for you. Everything you just said, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We are in it together. I think you are you are doing an amazing work as well. And is is you are also an amazing role model, I think, for a lot of female entrepreneurs. Thank you. So thank back you. back at you. <laughs> oh no, I love that. I think it's um I do a lot of these podcast talks on kind of diversity and women in tech and something else that comes up linked to what you've all said is kind of this imposter syndrome and it I think it happens more in women because you kind of feel like am I here just to fill a number am I here because there's like an underlying agenda of why should, why I've got this seat and then how can you not feel like oh should I be here is that am I right to be here do I have the power like you said to be able to make these decisions um but no I think just an ad hoc question to all all three of you being women in this industry is there any kind of one piece of key advice you would give to someone who kind of feels like 
is my company just hiring me because I'm female or from a different background or any advice for someone who's got this imposter syndrome? I mean, I can jump in because, you know, imposter syndrome is very difficult to shake, even if you're the smartest person in the room, because you're always going to feel like, am I being, you know, brought in here for something else? But I think my advice is always, I mean, I'm a very audacious person. And if you're confident in your skills, use your voice. So if you're sure or unsure, ask questions, challenge, you know, say, you know what? Um, I don't. I do not want to be part of diversity and inclusion programs. I actually want to be a tech lead on this other project. And if they challenge that, then you're saying why? Because that's my skill. Why am I leading something else that's not my area of expertise? You know, as Ivana mentioned. So I think in terms of imposter syndrome, you know, you are you are in that job. You you have skills. Work to your skills. Ask for projects that are directly related to the skills that you think you are hired for. And if they keep challenging that, then you know where you are, and then you're going to have to make changes. So, yeah, and I would like to add to that. Like, if you are an ambitious woman that want to learn, grow, do a career, do new things, challenge uh, status quo or, or current things then you are doing new things and learning and you're always going to feel the imposter syndrome. I mean, we all feel it now and then. Uh, it's only human. But uh, my strongest advice is like, if it scares you to help, do it anyway. <laughs> and just keep on doing because it's always scary in the beginning. But then when you look back, you're like, oh, why did I think that was so scary? It's nothing. And we have to also remember that our brains are wired to keep us safe. And we are not like built to, to dare and like question and do new things. So sometimes you just have to like say to your brain, shut up brain, I know what I'm doing. I have to challenge this. I have to try because I want to grow and learn. I want to build something new. So, and then just find your tribe. Find your tribe with other entrepreneurs or other um, people in your industry or super ambitious women, and you can then support each other. And tell that uh, imposter syndrome to be quiet. Exactly. Now, and, and I did want to jump in. Really great points, Ivana. I just really wanted to jump in about strengths versus weaknesses, because that also adds to imposter syndrome. With women, we tend to focus on our weaknesses and see how can we get our weakness better as opposed to saying how can we get our strength stronger and so sometimes you don't have to focus on being good at everything don't worry about your weaknesses there are other people whose whose strengths are your own weaknesses so focus on your strengths move on your strengths keep growing in your strengths because that's also what's going to keep imposter syndrome a little bit away because you know you're developing what you're naturally good at you're learning in what you're naturally good at. So my advice is usually get your strengths stronger and leave your weaknesses to somebody else because that's their own strengths. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, Lola. And also don't try to do everything. It, it's connected to that, like focus on your strengths and what you're good at uh, and what you're not good at, then that's better that somebody else do that job. So, Marie, is there anything you would add on imposter syndrome or any advice to other women in this industry? 
uh, it was so inspiring <laughs> listen to you guys. I was like so into it, but uh, yeah, just I'm with the. Uh, Lola and Ivana on the all of the stuff. I think they covered uh, up a lot, and uh, like generally, like everything else in this world, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Uh, that's like, yeah, that's how I always think in all of the situations. Uh, and even though I mentioned before about like keep improving this stuff in my in my mind, it has never had to do with anything that I've felt about myself, but it's been more of a issue from other people around me, other men around me. So it has never really been like, as long as you believe in yourself, it, everything will end up uh, good. Uh, it's more about, yeah, fighting with these other thoughts uh, that's not worth having. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there's some, some really key advice there um, and it, like I said it's something that comes up in, in the podcast that I host a lot on kind of the diversity stuff um, so no love that thank you all for, for the input. Um, so finally the last topic um, is, is your summer and this one I love this one because obviously myself being kind of a recruiter and finding freelancers for tech companies I don't know how many times I've heard if you can find me a female developer we'll be so 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 happy um, and it's, it's, it's not because of anything like we mentioned in terms of ticking a box or filling a gap it's just because they want the diverse workforce of course but it's so difficult to find um, so yeah tell us a little bit more Solmer on how we can attract more women to tech. Yeah, so this is a question really close to my heart, uh, since I really want to work on attracting more women uh, to the tech industry. Um, and uh, like I told you before, uh, with the background of mine and feeling that, like I've never would have been introduced to this company uh, it, if it wasn't for like pure coincidence, um, since I was in the healthcare uh, sector before. I feel like me growing up and not being introduced uh, is one thing, but like, how can I, uh, because we are really speaking a lot about how can we uh, attract more women? How can we attract more women? But how can we attract more girls? Because I feel like getting on that level, like, okay, we need to attract more women now, but how can we make sure in five years, in 10 years, that we have more women uh, to choose be between. Um, because I really think that we need to think about it uh, in that perspective and how we can work on it on uh, younger girls instead. Like I'm tr trying my best with um, the network that I have with the younger girls I know to tell them about my job, uh, how cool it is. and. Uh, yeah just inspire them and tell them about the industry because like I really didn't know anything about uh, the industry while growing up it was something for boys and no one ever mentioned it <laughs> for me ever uh, so yeah uh, I really want to hear your thoughts about it since uh, yeah this thing about going in in younger ages and what we can do to inspire them. 
Yeah, I really like that uh, point, Soma. And I have two points to point out here. First one is I totally agree. Uh, like we need to start younger to inspire more women and to showcase more role models so that younger girls see that it's this is a path, a career path for them. I was talking with a um, school uh, um, executive. Um, um, he was a uh, he was on the board in a school and he said that when when uh, they're real uh, children are really young, they see 50 50 splits in guys and girls in like technical um, uh, tracks, but then when they are become a little bit uh, older, like uh, uh, high school, then they see a, a shift, a big shift, and that's like then this is the question: What happens there? Like why, why are not more girls then uh, continuing their career in into tech by by instead choosing other paths? So I definitely think agree with you there. We need to inspire younger and to have a stronger talent pool. My second uh, point I want to point out is what you said, Sophie. Uh, the recruiter saying to you, just uh, just get me a female uh, developer. Am I? I mean. Yes, you can of course get them an amazing developer because there are super amazing developers, but that person or that woman won't stay at that workplace. And they will ask themselves, okay, why did she leave after six months? Yeah, because your corporate culture sucks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so you need to. <laughs> and I think there is a, a startup, like an entrepreneurial uh, recruitment company that has popped up uh, with, um, that is uh, driven by a super talented uh, entrepreneur that's called We Exist. And they work with the corporates or companies that want to recruit more tech, female tech. Um, uh, developers, they, they they have to pass certain certain things. They have to show them their uh, inclusion policy. They have to like go courses in inclusion and like really be ap approved by them that they are taking inclusion and diversity like uh, seriously and not just if wanting a female tech leader because to fix their problem because that doesn't work. So yeah, so I think they are doing it the right way. So the companies need to ask themselves like why don't we have any female developers what is the culture Where, what people are we recruiting what uh, like how are we communicating our our culture and the ads and the work because that attracts different people as well how you are communicating what words you are using um so yeah that is my second point i'm throwing it out there absolutely vanna and i think uh you know, it's great. I agree with Soma and you as well. You know, I, I think the, the point about starting women early, you know, starting them early, really important. But also there was something you said about the guy that said once they get to high school, there's the shift. I'm curious to know why. Did you get any more information about why? What was the shift? If there was, um, because that would be great to know why that shift happens once they get to kind of high school and then it, it, it um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That is a very interesting question to see why why that shift is happening. Uh, I'll get back. I don't think they, they had the answer, but they were looking to investigate in it to see why. Yeah, I think it's um, definitely interesting to think of 
why would it change like what is there a catalyst is there a certain point um and to be honest summer i have this conversation with people of how do we get more people in tech uh, sorry how how do we get more women in tech and it's the first time it's kind of come across i've come across well let's target the younger generation because that's the future i think a lot of people think of the issue as what do we do now to miss like to make up for the mistakes we've done in the past or to make up for the lack of women already um so no i absolutely love that idea of the younger generation yeah and and uh, as a female in the tech industry i feel like we all have uh, yeah we are representing a a, a a huge like it's really important for us to take this uh, possibility and and uh, show the younger ones that you can and we exist uh, mm -hmm. like uh, I think it's better if it comes from us uh, than a middle-aged man uh, <laughs> coming there and see look this is cool like we can uh, talk about it out of a perspective to reflect on how we were when we were younger and what we'd love to hear about the industry back then uh, to make them interested. So, yeah. I just want to highlight also that it's not only women that are going to fix this. I mean, I think that men are really important in this work as well. And I'm driving a mentorship program in women in AI, and we have like one third of the mentors are actually men. And I think that they are key to open doors and to help other women into the, the, into the industry, because there are men that want to help uh, and, and pay forward and open doors for, for young women. So I think that men are also crucial to, to the change. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I agree with both you and Soma. I mean, just in terms of mentorship, so people see themselves re reflected in you, you know, the, the uh, women see themselves or the girls, but also allies, right? So the men coming in as mentors to help and support. And another thing I wanted to throw in there is also actual support. So actual work-life balance support, because there are some things, and I think we mentioned it earlier in the program where women have different needs. It could be anything from time of the month to actually being pregnant. And so there are those kind of supports in an industry that moves really fast. We wanna let them know that women are gonna get the support they need so that they don't feel like, okay, we're right in the middle of a product launch and then she has to go on maternity leave and then she can't. So those are those things with tech because it's an industry that really moves super fast in terms of deliverables and products. And so showing that, yes, you will get all the support you need, you know, because we know that some of our issues are different, you know, and require, you know, different support. So just knowing that and building that into the industry psyche as opposed to saying them saying, oh, well, we don't want women because this is what's going to happen in the, you know, so the collective psyche as well. Amazing input, Lola. Thank you. <laughs> no, honestly, that really, really good kind of topics that we've touched on um, from all from all three of you. 
Um, but yeah, no, I honestly, again, like you said, Tommy, before I was just sitting back listening. It's so interesting to kind of hear everyone's opinions and ideas. Um, but yeah, has anyone got any final points to make on kind of any of the topics we've discussed? Any final things to add to the conversation? Yes, if you are a woman and thinking at least a little bit about entrepreneurship or tech, do it. <laughs> because that's where the power is and where where the where the money is. So and it's super fun. It's it's a challenging journey, uh, but it's super fun. Uh, your every day is is a new challenge, and you are developing and growing and learning so much. So just jump on it. And if you don't have a network or don't know anyone in tech, uh, just reach out to people on LinkedIn, like Lola or me. You're always welcome to connect with me and like ask me about advice or if I can connect you with someone because I would gladly do that. Uh, I think the myth that women are competing is totally wrong. That's not true. We are supporting each other and uh, opening a door for each other. Um, yeah, so just reach out and uh, go and get it, Tiger. <laughs> no, absolutely, I agree. You know, I, I think just reaching out, being audacious, you know, in terms of just networking, but also I believe mentorship and masterminds, right? So mentorship is what's going to really help as well, pairing people up with somebody that's already gone through the, the process so that they can guide you, share knowledge, share their challenges, but also masterminds. And masterminds are these spaces, I call them like safe spaces, where you can share your professional and mental and uh, personal growth together with other women in the industry is really helpful as well. So just mentorship and masterminds, if you can find those kind of communities to get plugged into, that will really help as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, do you know what I think, thinking of kind of reflecting on all of the, the topics here, I really hope we, we manage to get some young girls, some younger people who listen to this and feel inspired because it's definitely a, something that would be really helpful for them. But no, I mean, thank you all. That's um, been a really good conversation. Um, I want to just take this opportunity to thank all three of you, Soma, Lola and Ivana for providing your insights and kind of your thoughts on this topic. And obviously thank you to the people that will listen to this. Um, and yeah, it's been a, a good conversation. I'll stop it there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.